been there, done that, experiencing that even now. But I'm grateful to know that God is sovereign, and because He is sovereign, I have to be still and know and trust in what He has promised. Amen? Amen. And one of the things we did last week is we stood up and we read God's word, and there were two scriptures we read. We kind of nailed the first one down last week, at least I hope we did, which is to find rest in the Lord. To, to be able to kind of, uh, you know, stop running around, slow yourself down. Solitude is not a scary thing, although some of us don't want to be alone. But solitude is not being alone. Solitude is just being still. And allowing what we know to ruminate through our souls and kind of begin to filter out and remove those things that are in our lives that, you know, just make a lot of noise. You ever get around someone who's just moving their mouth and not saying anything? <laughs> not me, okay. But, but, but in essence, solitude allows us to just get along with God and begin to look at what God is trying to do in our lives. Amen? So, so I want us to stand as we read this scripture out loud. It's found in 1 Corinthians 10 13. It'll be on the screen. It'll be the scripture that we'll be kind of working on today. Amen. It'll be in your bulletins as well. And hopefully it'll be on. Oh, there it is. Amen. Praise God. We're going to read it together. Okay. When I say 1, 2, 3, we're in school now. Okay. School is starting. So we're in. Ready? 1, 2, 3. No temptation. It's all Except what is common to mankind. Within you, God knows that you can bear this. 
Like you can hold this up. You know, like you ever heard about the straw that breaks the camel's back kind of stuff? Well, well, well God is not going to put that straw on your back. Like he knows you can bear it. And a lot of us get to a point where we're going through difficult transitions and we say that we saw Elijah last week. This is enough. I can't take this anymore. Right? How many people go to the gym sometimes, right? And you get somebody that spots you and you got eight reps and the next person says, one more, one more. And you got it within you to go one more as well as someone is there to help you get through it. That's what God is saying here. And his statement is he's saying, listen, whatever you're going through, I'm with you and I'm not going to let you, you know, take on more than you can bear. And, and I'll spot you. I'll help you up with this one. Amen? So, so it's important to see that. The second one is, he will, with each temptation, provide a way which we can endure the temptation and overcome. Now, for the title of this particular part two of this series is The Way Out. Tell your neighbor, we're coming out. <laughs> now, there, there was a way to us. There was a way, scripturally, biblically, in a biblical account, when you look at the Bible, there was a way that was not available to us at one time. It was a sacrificial system. There was this high priest that entered the holy place, the holy of holy, for everyone else. You know, there was this veil, as you heard the song, there was this veil, this thick curtain that, that separated the people from the presence of God. And only one person can enter in and offer sacrifice through blood, you know, bulls and calves, you know, the shedding of blood, right? There was only one person that, that, that was the only way for sins to be forgiven. That was the only way out for a whole nation, a whole people. There had to be this high priest who would go in there. First and foremost, he had to be right himself. He wasn't right himself, he was in trouble. But he went beyond this veil and he would offer sacrifice and sprinkle blood and, and God. But, but in this way was good, we still be sacrificing animals today. That way was indicative of what Jesus Christ was going to show us. And in Hebrews 9, 12, he, he speaks of this. He says, he did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining what? Eternal redemption. So the way out is not an escape. As we talk about these difficult transitions and wanting a way out of these difficult transitions, please understand that it's not an exit sign. you got to go through what you got to go through. Amen? Amen. These difficult transitions where God is molding it and making us and, and removing these character defects that make it impossible for us to enjoy the life He has for us. Like if, if we don't address these areas in our lives and, and we don't get to a place where God, you know, pokes at us and points these things out and says, okay, we're going through this and, and, and I want you to see me here and I want you to realize what I'm trying to do and, and the question you should ask when you're going through this is, God, what are you doing? Because I don't see it, I don't feel it, I don't understand it. If I had my way, I would prefer that you just come in here like an evil, sweep me up and take me out of this place. Some of us want to be extricated from it. The way out is not an escape, it is found in a person. And it's in the person of Jesus Christ. And in Daniel chapter 3, verse 25, we see that in the midst of the struggle that they were going through, when they were thrown into this fiery furnace, the scripture reads like this, 
when, when they started looking inside the fire the furnace that they had thrown Daniel, you know, I mean his three friends, and, and they were all in there. There were supposed to be only three people in this fiery furnace. They were punishing them because they refused to give in and bow down to whatever everybody else was doing. And, and the scripture reads like this. The guy looks in, he says, I see four men walking around freely in the fire, completely unharmed. And the fourth man looks like the son of the God. Like that's amazing to think when you think about the scriptures and you read the Bible, God appears in the person of Jesus Christ to show us the way. In fact, when, when you look at the scripture of John 14, 6, it says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And again, the person of Jesus Christ is the way out of these difficult transitions. And, and oftentimes, what we do when we find ourselves in difficult transitions is we scroll through our phone and we call our friends. Or we reach for things. Or we run around and we let it overwhelm us. We begin to think, okay, how do I get out of this? Where is the exercise? How can I, you know, like, how can I, you know, trick and manipulate and get out of this situation? I can borrow from here and give to here. I can do this, I can do that. And all I'm asking you, if you're going through a difficult transition, be still and know that He is with you. That He has promised to help you and not abandon you and not leave you alone during this process. But there's something that is working out for you and in you. Jesus Christ. He invites us into this relationship of trust. Yeah. 
I just cussed in this church, right? Trust. And like we all have issues with trust, don't we? Like every single person in this room. But that's the glue that keeps every relationship together, isn't it? Like, like it's cool. If I can trust you, are you going to be honest with me? Right? Now, honesty is not honesty just so you can dump on me, right? If you don't love me, you can't be honest with me. Right? Because you're going to feel good, I'm not. Right? You're going to walk away and you're going to say, oh, good. I told him the truth. I give him a piece of my mind. Now I feel better. But you've left me wobbled. You've left me devastated. And, and we're supposed to be ambassadors of reconciliation. Um, we're, we're supposed to be a people that are set apart in a way that demonstrates the love of God and what we do in the interactions that we have. So being honest is cool. I want you to be honest with me. I want you to be sincere with me. But the reality is that if you don't love me, you can't be honest with me, can you? Because you're not looking to help me. You're looking to you see, when you're in a relationship, it's okay to be honest with one another because we're supposed to be building one another up. So when we find ourselves in difficult transitions, just know that what God is doing is building you up. He's building you up. There's only so much He knows that you can take. And this is why He sends people around you. People who are going to give and not take. People who are going to help you. People who are going to support you. People are gonna, you know, like, like I, I want to be the biggest cheerleader in this place. Mm -hmm. I know you just got a picture of me wearing a skirt and pom poms. No, no I'm simply saying I want to be the biggest cheerleader. I want to shout from the rooftop. You can do it. You can do it. I mean, you know, the pastor said over and over again in this room that, that, that there's so much potential within us. This is why he has to come to you in regards to what we're doing with this building. Because we want God to include you in it. This is your home. This is your place. The children we pray for are our children. The people who are going to Israel are our family. The people that come and go through this place are our friends. Sometimes we find ourselves in difficult transitions and we don't cry out, we don't ask people for help, we don't say, hey, hey, you know, like, God, I need you and send help so, so I can make my way through this. But the greatest help he's already given is himself. Right. The way out is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. He is the way, he is the truth, yeah. he is the light. Right. And, and it's so important for us to understand that because as we begin to walk through this, this whole idea of temptation, just remember this, that God doesn't tempt us. And when the scripture says, it says, no temptation, right? So, he's allowed you. Let me just back up a little bit because he tests our faith. Everybody understand that? He tested Abraham's faith. God does not tempt us. But there is one who's constantly asking about you. There is one that wants to sift you out. There is one constantly pointing a finger at you. No, it's not the person next to you. There is a real enemy that somehow uh, Hollywood has painted as someone wearing a red outfit, a tail, and a pitchfork. No, that's not who it is. That's not a proper rendition. What we have to understand is that the real enemy will have nothing more than to get you into these places where you give up, reject God, and try to do it on your own. Pinned there, done that. 
my difficult transitions, you know, like financially, like if I need a certain amount of money now, all I need is pick up a phone and call somebody, and it's there. It's there, but then there's a string attached to it. I might have to give a pound of flesh. I might have to give up my firstborn. I might have to owe favors for the rest of my life to do that. So when I go to the one who owns everything, when I go to the one who has unlimited resources, so this situation that we're in, we're going to God first. We were crying out to God first and asking God, God, you do what you do best. You make moves. We'll watch you, and then we'll give you the glory. Amen? Because when God is, is, is in the mood, like in Exodus chapter 13, 21, it says that as he began to move, the word Exodus means exit. Everybody understand that, right? Right? Our way out. Exit. So when he began to move these people out of captivity, out of bondage, they didn't know where they were going. That's some of us sometimes. And this is why when we find ourselves in difficult transitions, we have to realize that Jesus Christ is the way out. And in the process of Jesus Christ being on the way out, we need to discover what God is doing in the midst of this and follow him as he leads. And in this particular instance, where they found themselves in the wilderness, look what the scripture says. It says in Exodus chapter 13, verse 21, that by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or night. Like, like God was leading them every step of the way. And, you know, there are times in our lives where we don't know what next, what's next, right? We don't have cliff notes to read about our lives. If you don't know what a cliff note is, it just gives you a shortcut to a book that you all should read completely, right? There are no cliff notes for life. Um, some of us who are in college, you know, be aware of that. But there are no cliff notes for life. But he knows your future. And because he knows your future, where else can you go to find out what's next? To discover what he's doing here. There have been moments in my life where I just be still and trust God. And after a while, I was like, uh-huh, this is what you were doing. And if it was me, I would have done it completely different. Right? Like some of you would have preferred to do it different. Some of you would have skipped the pain in your lives. Some of you would have, you know, changed some things in your life. Some of you would have changed some circumstances in your life. But, but this is what we have to go through. These difficult transitions are just that. We move in steps and we grow in stages. So as we're moving along, God is growing us. God is maturing us. God is growing our faith, our service. You know, I was in a plane when I was going to Canada and I had a chance to talk to a pilot and you know, he started talking about, you know, the pain, you know, the, the plane and how it went up and down. And he said that the attitude of the plane determines its altitude. And I said, I said, wait a minute. You mean, you mean the altitude, you know? And he said, no, on the actual thing, you know, it said attitude. And if the attitude of the plane, if the nose of it, was going down, then the altitude was going down. And I said, wow, how profound is that in our lives as well? 
that our attitude determines how far we go in life. You ever run into someone with a bad attitude? Would you want to buy them dinner? I would. Put some poison in it, you know what I mean? Two 
people like Andrea, Jim Brown, Jim, you know, you remember that? Right? And Bruce Lee. I would go in and watch the print, the, the connection, the fist of fury, you know, and come out kicking everything. <laughs> Amen. Mm-hmm. 